for listening to this podcast, which is brought to you by author Lee Van Ham on his book entitled From Egos to Eden, Our Heroic Journey to Keep Earth Livable. Listen to podcast 620 for Inside Personal Growth interview with Lee. In this interview with Lee, we discuss how most of us are living from a multi-earth perspective meaning we are exhausting our planet by living as if we have multiple Earths. Lee states that we are capable of one Earth living. We need to stop living out of ego and shift to the greater consciousness we have when we live from our other center of identity that Lee refers to as self. The self transforms and transcends the problems ego-shaped civilizations have created, including the ones devastating our current environmental balance. I encourage you to listen to podcast number 620 with author Lee Van Ham. If you want to learn more about the book Egos to Eden and Lee, please go to theoneearthproject.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is the host of Inside Personal Growth, uh, Greg Voison. And for all of you who've been listening to me for years and years and years, I appreciate uh, your support, your notes, your emails, everything that you send us in about the authors and the topics we're talking about. And today we have Pamela McLean. Um, she is going to be speaking with us about her book called Life Forward. Uh, Pamela is the director of the Institute of Coaching, which is up in Santa Barbara, California. Pamela, good day to you. Hello, nice to be with you. I appreciate you being on the show, and um, I know so much about the Hudson Institute, but I don't think a lot of my listeners do, so I'm going to uh, actually let them know about a little bit about your history. You're getting an opportunity to speak about that, but I'm going to let them know a little bit about you. Um, she's a psychologist, a master coach, co-supervisor, and CEO and co-founder of the Hudson Institute of Coaching a learning organization focused on transition and change and leadership coaching service. Um, She holds a PhD in clinical psychology from the Fielding Graduate University and brings 30 years of experience as a licensed clinical and organizational psychologist, executive coach, and leader in the field of coaching. Um, She writes and speaks on the topics of transition, coaching excellence, and as self as a coach. Um, she has a great background and for all my listeners, if you want to learn more about, uh, Pamela, you can go to www.instituteofcoaching.org. That's instituteofcoaching.org. Well, Pam, do you like to be referred to Pamela as Pam? How do you want me to refer to you? <laughs> yeah, Pam is great. Pam is great. Yeah, and okay. actually, just one small clarification. We are, our website is HutchinInstitute.com. So j- just, okay. uh, just so we don't send people in the wrong direction, if you're writing that down, it's HudsonInstitute.com is what it is. Yeah. Okay. But great. I'll make I'm sure happy that we make Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Well, perfect. we're happy yep. to have you on the show. And, um, you know, you and your husband, Frederick, started helping adults navigate the, you call it the rivers of change over 30 years ago. Can you just give us a brief history of the Hudson Institute, um, the courses that you teach, 
a little bit of background before we actually get into speaking with you about the content and the book itself. Sure, happy to. So yes, we did start about uh, over 30 years ago. We celebrated last year, 30th anniversary. And, and uh, when when we began, uh, the area, the whole field of coaching really did not exist. And so our focus was on mentoring and transition and change in, in the lives of uh, uh, leaders and human beings, and and over these last uh, many years, we've had the the real pleasure and uh, privilege of being at the forefront of of coaching, leadership coaching, and and always we have intertwined it with the adult developing adult in that sense of the transitions and changes that are uh, at play for us at all times in our lives. Yeah, and you guys have done amazing work and graduated how many people through the Hudson Institute that are out doing coaching now? Yeah, so we probably have over 1,500 coaches around the globe, and we're actually just in April coming together for an annual conference that we have, so we'll see lots of them then. Ah, well, I know about you because I'm a graduate of the University of Santa Monica and a degree in uh, spiritual psychology, so... I'm very familiar with her work, and many of the students actually kind of go on to do work with you as well. So, Pam, you know, this book is really this book and many of your books, I'm I'm a big fan of yours, is in your estimation, you know, really what's changed over the last 30 years in society that's affecting, you know, how we need to learn and to cope with change in our lives. I mean, I don't think any of us out there who's listening – um, aren't affected by change and the constant pace of change um, at an unprecedented rate that we're seeing um, both in our political systems, our educational systems, our technology that surrounds us. What in your estimation are ways that you're helping people manage, cope, and deal with so much change? Well, it's such a great question and comment. And I, I, agree that we are dealing with this in, from every angle possible today. And I think one of the things that, that is particularly at play for us is the pace of change, the, the rate at which uh, it is happening, and, and, and the pace of life itself. It's interesting, just a few days ago, I was writing a piece for someone and I was saying that we long ago conceived of this model for change Nothing particularly um, new about that. There have been models, change models in the field of of, uh, organizational development and adult development as long as both of those fields have existed. I think, however, they are, and our model is more relevant today than when we created it. Because in the past, Fifteen years ago, most of us would look at someone going through change and go, oh, yeah, I'm glad that's them, not me. And, and today what we know is that every one of us is managing change in one way or another, oftentimes change that we might not have been able to predict in our lives. So the, the topic and, and the way that we see this, the way that we approach it uh, and manage ourselves around change has never been more critical than it is for us today. Yeah, and you state in the book that the secret to living forward 
is in always looking ahead, that being a visionary with the time and space in front of us, no matter what stage or age in life we are. What do you recommend? Because many of my people that listen to the show are baby boomers. Uh, I do have a, a lot of millennials as well. But what are you recommending to these baby boomers uh, that are listening to this podcast about embracing change and living forward? I mean, that your book is called Life Forward. So uh, <laughs> what would you tell them? Get, get something that you care about. You know, have a plan. Uh, uh, don't just uh, uh, live backward. You know, I, I think what happens when you when you highlight baby boomers this is, as we all know, much uh, much written about. Uh, I'm certainly uh, in that in that camp myself. Uh, and and let's hope that because at this stage in our world, and particularly in Western civilization, the chances are very strong that those of us that are somewhere around six zero right now have. Uh, in many ways, an entirely new uh, chapter in our lives that did not exist at all for our grandparents and not so much for our parents. Uh, a, a new time in life, some people call it a bonus round. If we have our health, then, then we are likely to have some very vibrant years that other generations did not have. So the challenge is, the opportunity is, how do we utilize that? Our models are are thin, right? And so many of our models are you retire and uh, kick back and enjoy the golf course or, or a hobby that you had in mind. Or if you're lucky enough to have family and grandchildren, your extended family. But in fact, that's not going to be enough for most of us. And, and so having a sense of purpose that is new at this stage in life is so important. And, and having a plan for how you're going to live that. Yeah, you, you actually mention to- in the book, you actually mention in the book, you say that this recasting crisis in the third act between ages 60 and 75 is beginning to look at life from what you're saying, this new vantage point, um, that it's not a time, it is a time to loosen the grip. In fact, uh, it's no time, no time is more important. What would you say to the listeners out there that are at this age and they're, they're dealing with just tons of fear? I'm not going to have enough money for retirement. I might outlive that money. I don't know about my health. There's tons of these questions at this stage in their life that they're trying to deal with and they're trying to cope with. Um, What kind of mechanisms would you give them or suggestions that you might give them to try and give them a a better hope for the future? Yeah, well, you know, I I think about this, this, uh, writer through the ages uh, who, who wrote these words, the words you speak become the home you live in. So if I'm living in fear, if I wake up every morning with worries and fears, that's likely the life I'm creating for myself. So, so I, I think that, uh, number one, we, we have to find the levers that that we have the ability to press that that can take uh, 
uh, take that fear and put it in, in perspective. Uh, so mm-hmm. if I'm, I'm worried about my health, the real question is, what, what can I uh, aspire to with my health? You know, what, what, I, I was having dinner the other night with a, a, a dear friend who's in her late 80s. I think that's true. And, and, you know, by the time one gets into their later 80s, it is unlikely that you're going to be symptom-free of any, of any uh, issue, right? And, and so she talked with great humor about how there are parts of her body that, that don't work the way they used to, and yet it is not by any means the overriding force that, that she carries with her into each day. So I think we, we, are, we, we have to be, take initiative uh, you know, for our bodies to work well, we need to do some things, don't we? <laughs> if, if, if our yeah, finances are going to work know, for us, we I, need to do some things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keeping moving is important. And you do a really good job in the book of articulating these four old rules that you mentioned should be changed with four important new, new rules. Um, Tell my listeners what those rules are and why it's important to start to see the world through what you refer to in the books as, as this, these new lenses. I like how you use the term lenses and perspective, because obviously it is about a new perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's such a great connect to what we're talking about here. So we talk about how there is, there were these old rules that we seem to live by. And one of them was that that linear, we called it the linear rule, that that you started in your early adult years. And if you did everything according to all of the social constraints that we had at one time in our cultures, uh, and you worked hard and, and, and you did whatever the social conventions were. So it used to be you you got your education and you worked hard and you had a family and all of these things. And and it was just this perpetual linear progression that that led to this uh, uh, happy life. And and today we see there are a multiplicity of ways that we can live in this world. The sense that there are social constraints has largely, largely exploded for us. So we know that we can get our education uh, at a variety of times. And as a matter of fact, what we know today is that new learning is one of the most powerful ways for us to really be alive at any point in our life. And we know we can engage in learning in so many new ways because of all that's changing around us. Uh, and, and we know that, that family... Hello? Hello? Oh, you went away. Do I still... Do... Go ahead. Do I have you? I'm so sorry. Uh, we know that family uh, has different meanings for us today than, than it used to. And we know that to have, uh, have family, to have children is an option that, that you can choose or not choose. And then the interesting thing is in the career dimension that, that the 
the statistics today are that the typical person graduating from high school, from college today will have well over a dozen uh, uh, careers in their lives. Now, that's mm-hmm. astounding mm-hmm. to us. To those of us that thought when we finished college, we named our major and we spent the rest of our lives and invested in that. So the, that linear pathway is not there for us. That, and, and that's great news, and it's unsettling for us, right? Uh, um, because we have to build our own path forward. Uh, it's not prescribed for us as, as much as it used to be. Uh, so that, that's one of the, the rules that we talk about, probably the one that's the most important uh, for, for us to be uh, mindful of. Yeah, you've, you've, like I said, the linear rule has been replaced with the circular rule, which you talked about. The uh, outside-in rule has been replaced with the inside-out rule. The one you were just talking about, learning is lifelong rule, and the continuous change rule. Um, that really, I, I just want to say this to my listeners, um, this book is filled with just a wonderful wisdom that's taken many years for uh, both you and your husband to pull together. And um, it's really done quite well with the graphs and charts that are in the book. So I, I just encourage my listeners to get the book, pick it up, read it, and apply some of this. Now, you know, Pam, you mentioned that we have more choices, more guaranteed changes, more options for doing it the way, uh, doing it our way, and that this is less predictable than ever before in history. You said that the trade-offs of today are clear. The landscape is shifting so dramatically that we are able to craft our journey in just the way we choose. But the downside is the endless choices don't generate, and here's the key, clarity about what it is and what is our way there or our path there. What recommendations do you have to help people who are listening today create this clarity that's so desperately needed because there are so many damn choices for everybody. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, it's such an important point. Well, we do several things uh, as, as we talk about this and write about it. And here are a few anchors that, that we think are, are useful. One is that inside out that you spoke of a, a few minutes ago, you know, that takes cultivation. It, it was, in many ways, I suppose we could say it was easier when the social norms said, this is what you do and this is when you do it, and we all lockstep could, could know, I'm on target, I'm, I'm where I need to be. But today, that inside out means that I, I get to be my own anchor and make choices about when I do things and how I do things. And as you say, it, also, it can also overwhelm us. So so mm-hmm. we often talk about at the core, what we need to have a sense of is what matters most to me at this time in life. We could talk about that in lots of ways. What's my sense of purpose? Uh, what's my guiding focus? But I think that question, so what matters most to me at any point in life? And this changes for us as, as we go through this life. And and that is a very helpful question probably for us to ask on a somewhat regular basis because this is fluid. Uh, and, and another anchor that we focus on is the, the roles that we play in our lives. 
and and which rules are most important when and again connecting what matters to those rules so when we think about in the heart of our adult years we are balancing so many rules we often have the role of uh Certainly of the careerist or the leader, we have the the role of a partner in a a relationship. Often there is a parenting role. There is a role relative to our community. So all kinds of roles, and they're all demanding our time and our energy. And, And if we do not have our own rudder and we aren't clear about that question, what matters to me most right now? All of those roles will help us decide. It's a little like at, at work, right? If I'm, if I'm not clear about what my work is today or what my work is at this point, then other people will certainly tell me and, and will grab my time and, and, and will eat it up. So that internal rudder is one that, that we have to attend to much more carefully than, than we used to. Yeah, the, the I think it's thing- so important, too. I mean, I think part of that, too, uh, Pam, is is finding ways, helping people find ways to get in touch with their intuition. I think if they allow um, that, I think we're being drowned out by so much noise in society that people are having a tougher and tougher time listening to that true inner voice. Would you agree? Well, yeah, and it's like if my answer to what matters most when I am uh, age 42 is my family and being great at work, then how does my time commitment match up with that, you know, and and so we can start to align some some things. you know, one of the things that is at the core of our work in Life Forward and, and the book is that change model. We call it the cycle of renewal. And that notion that we are continually in a state of change, a flow of change in one way or another. And oftentimes, the changes that we're about are subtle they're, they're small adjustments that we make so that life works better in, in the moment. Uh, the, and, and if we're awake to those things, making those adjustments before we get into emergency mode, um, it's, uh, you know, it's a telling us uh, a son of mine that, that, you know, he has a small toothache. If he doesn't do something about that toothache soon, it's going to turn into an emergency, right? This is true in our lives. Mm-hmm. If I hear the flame flickering and I go, oh, gosh, you know, I don't, I don't feel, I just don't want to go to work in the way that I used to. If I don't pay attention to that and ask those questions, what are the adjustments I need to get myself back to that place where I'm energized? It can turn into a bigger deal that 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 gets spins out of control, and then I really need to uh, attend to it in different ways. So we we talk about would, how normal this is I was for say, us, right? I would agree with you. Those small little adjustments you're talking about. That 5% difference makes all the difference in the world. And, you know, um, as you say, identifying those before they become big flames and the house is on fire. And you know that it's just a candle burning right now, right? So, you know, 
you do an amazing job in the Institute and all the books that um, you guys put out, and I've noticed this all along the way, is use these maps to help people understand what stages of life they are in. And obviously in this book, you do the same thing. And I think a picture's worth a thousand words. Kind of hard to depict on on a podcast like this, but you start with um, uh, the that learning matters, or I should say, the the cycle of renewal, a deliberate life, uh, the role that matters, the adult journey, and learning matters. Can you explain this this map in a broad concept so their listeners can see how they might integrate that map into their life? Well, so we look at those maps as really lenses into the whole person. And, uh-huh. and I think that's the most helpful way to look at it is to say we are complicated human beings. There is not a, a single concept or a single view into us that is going to give us uh, and really honor the complexities of each of us. So, so one lens is where are we in that natural change process? You know, am, am I uh, swimming along and doing mostly well and just needing to make minor adjustments, or is this a very big time of change? Did I just uh, have something happen? Uh, I, I you, you brought up early on retiring and 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 a whole new chapter that emerges that seems like new ground for us or a health challenge or any number of things that take us into territory where we have never traveled before. So that's one lens. Where am I in that change process? Another lens is what matters to me. That's that purpose lens. What matters to me now? Or what, what, is, what is my fuel that, that carries me forward? And, and the third lens is all those roles. And in the heart of our adult years, there are so many. And, and, and early on and later on, they uh, crystallize. And, and we really are focused on only those that, that are most relevant in our lives at that time. And, and so if the lens of what matters most isn't, isn't clear to me, then the roles will, will take up as much energy as they can. And then that fourth, uh-huh. lens, that fourth lens is where are we on this adult journey? And this is a very interesting one because our, the complexion of our adult journey has changed so much over the last 20 or 30 years. Again, there's not this sense of a lockstep process, but, but rather some milestones along the way that we can look at. So one of the uh, uh, early ones that, that we think about is when we shift gears into my own agenda somewhere in my late 20s, my early 30s, most of us notice that that I'm still carrying a lot of other people's agendas, and and as we let those fall away and get clear about our own, our own sense of agency increases as we move through our adult years. And and we talk in the book about uh, uh, the somewhere 55ish. There is a. Uh, uh, another milestone in our lives that we have to be awake to uh, where the flame flickers and, and we have 
as leaders, by the time we reach somewhere between 50 and 55, we have become so good at what we do. And, and as our competence increases and the challenges often decrease, the flame flickers a little bit. And, and mm-hmm. so how do we make adjustments so that I'm alive and, and awake and on fire? Uh, in in those years, so that that adult journey shifts and changes, and and there's this wonderful woman uh, uh, from the University of Chicago uh, um, whose name I can't think of right now, who gave us this concept of time left uh, years ago. She talked about you know there's this tipping point in our adult years when we notice that we have more time behind us than ahead of us. That uh-huh. that the, the the clock is ticking louder, and there is uh, power in that for us, because it turns up the intensity on getting clear about how I want to live and what matters to me if I'm awake to it. Uh, and then another lens we talk about is that learning lens. There has been a lot in literature written about how. Learning is opens doors to our uh, confidence, our awakeness, our engagement. Powerful, powerful way for us to uh, to develop ourselves. And and as I said earlier, I do think this is one of the great gifts of technology: is that it's possible for us to learn anytime, anywhere, in any way we want to today. How great is that? Oh, so those I mean, are the at, those are the lenses of the whole person. Oh, we, I mean, it's just phenomenal what uh, transitions we've seen with online learning and webinars and podcast programs like this and uh, th- items on our iPad and our cell phone. I mean, yeah. it's constant. It's available. It's available at a very very low price or free most of the time. You know, just go on YouTube or any place. Um, you know, and I think that point that the woman from Chicago made is so relevant. You know, here I sit at almost 63 years of age, having many of these questions myself. Um, but at the same time, taking a perspective of just the whole impermanence of life, because I've seen many of my friends already pass, um, you know, so that every day is a gift that we have to be able to give this to the world. And I think the more you start questioning um, that and looking at, you know, I'm going to say, look at this from the Buddhist perspective of impermanence. It's really important because you really realize just how important these later years are, but more, most important, how important every day is. Um, you, your life formula consists of three steps purpose, vision, and plan. And I think, you know, you end the book with this, and I think it's really important to our listeners. Can you discuss this life forward formula and why you believe if you were to culminate this whole book, they always say, hey, if you really want to find out the essence of a book, go back and, and in essence, read the last chapter. Um, and this <laughs> is the last right. chapter of your book, yep. right? Because people yep. say, well, yes, read the is. last chapter first and I'll tell you what the book's about. So you've really got three-step formula, which is pretty simple yet very profound. If you'd comment on that for yeah. our listeners, I think that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well, I think that the bottom line for us is that we 
can talk a lot about things that we would like to do, ways that we would like to be, plans that we might make. But if we don't put that down, however, pen to paper, on our laptop, whatever works for you, it is highly unlikely it's going to happen. So this notion that we, every one of us on this call, has things that we would like to do, ways that we would like to be, shifts that we would like to make. And we've probably been thinking about these for years and haven't done a darn thing. But what we know is that when we put together a plan, and frankly, what we know is that when we put together a plan and we share it with others we care about and we put it in a visible place, it is much more likely that we are going to move forward with, with this plan, certainly with elements of this plan. So in some ways, we could, we could reframe this staying awake, right? How do, we, how do we stay awake and alert to that which matters to us in, in the busy days, the busy lives that we all lead? So, so the plan in many ways is the secret sauce. It sounds so simple, but, but to have that sense of purpose, to have that, that vision for this next chapter of my life, what I, what I want to live into, what a slightly better version of me is, what the small adjustments are that might make a big difference, this is really important. And then to get a plan about it, uh, and, and to be specific, that's what supports us making changes. And well, and I think, directly. yeah, it, and you, these three steps that you talk about in this last chapter, while they might seem simple, actually are the most challenging. And I think that it is human nature for people to want to avoid making that plan because then they realize they have to execute on that plan. And they know they could just kind of cruise through life without really pushing the boundaries of what they could really become. And really, it's about what you can become. Um, they've often said, and I don't forget which author it was, but you know, people are leading quiet lives of desperation. And until they're willing to face that plan, as you talk about it, that three-step formula, the life formula uh, that you talk about here, um, it is a challenge, and um, I want to thank you so much for imparting your wisdom uh, on our listeners, giving them an opportunity to understand more about how they can create this plan, and more importantly, how they can make these choices and not get you know, so caught up in this and really create clarity about their direction and focus in life, because that's what the life formula is about. Um, for my listeners today, we've been on with Pam McLean. Uh, the book is Charting the Journey Ahead, Life Formula. Uh, Pam, where would people go to learn more about, they wanted to just take a course or they wanted to get online or they wanted to do something at the Hudson Institute? Where are you going to direct them uh, to go well, do that? Well, I think our we our website is a great place. That's just HudsonInstitute.com. There are lots of resources there. Uh uh, some downloadable items that they might find useful and, and uh, just to go there and check it out and check us out. And really great to be with okay. you. Well, and if they wanted to actually start a, 
life as a coach, because there's many listeners out there that are on middle management looking to kind of find a way to get certified. It's very interesting, Pam. Actually, there was a young man that approached me because I coach clients. Uh, I have lots of corporate clients. Um, And he wanted to meet with me so desperately to find out about this. And actually, I took him this book and I said, call the Hudson Institute. It's the best place to go for you to get your degree um, if you're going to be a coach. Um, You do offer a whole kind of degree program, correct? A credential program, uh, not not a degree. We're non-degreed, yep. Yeah, but but it's uh you know about a year long and and great for people who have been in leadership roles and are wanting to either uh, add a skill or oftentimes uh, you know leadership coaching is a great uh, next career for leaders who are making a shift. So thank you very much for that and uh, great to be with you. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much, Pam. All righty. Bye-bye.